Hello, 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 and welcome to another Excuse You episode with Lady T. I am so elated to be with you this evening, and I want to share something with you that uh, resonated with me today more than usual. Grew up in, for most of you may know, I grew up in New York City, Brooklyn, New York to be exact, and I can... um, recall not being aware or even conscious of recycling and it wasn't until maybe I think the early or mid 80s I'm a 70s baby where recycling um, I can recall recycling coming into play or being talked about and I and that's only because at one time um, they had, I think, you. They started stamping bottles and plastic bottles and glass bottles with ten cents, I believe, or one cent something. There was a value associated with redeeming or recycling bottles, and that became like a craze. I mean, you would thought it was like the gold rush. I mean, it was a few pennies on a dollar, but it was a way for us to, you know, make some extra money, um, use the money for whatever we wanted. More than likely, we bought junk food, pizza, icy cookies, whatever. Um, but it made us, you know, kind of aware, but it incentivized us, right? Because we were getting money for it. And I recall my girlfriends and I growing up, we were, we were diligent. Like, oh, give me that bottle. Oh, give me that, you know, glass. And um, we never garbage dived. I mean, we weren't that serious about it. But, you know, we were conscious and we became aware of recycling. But to be honest, it was only because of the monetary gain. We didn't have any real knowledge of preserving the earth or having the forethought to, to you know, think about, you know, what life would be years later. Neither were our parents. We weren't really into the whole earth, you know. We knew pollution was bad, but eh, growing up in a city, to be honest, you ate stuff and threw the waste on the ground. I mean... It's deplorable that I'm even saying that, but that's what we did. You know, we had no um, care for uh, the sanctity of earth and, you know, God giving it to us and how we should take care of her. We just kind of used her for what it was. And, you know, tomorrow's another day. Um, I'm sharing this with you because today I had a, a reflection, uh, a moment where I was washing dishes and um, my mom's voice came to me and she said, I remember her telling me, you're just like a grandmother, you know, you save everything. You don't want to throw anything away. And I didn't get it at first, but, you know, I'm noticing more and more I am a lot like my grandma in that in that uh, regard. Uh, she recycled everything. I'm going to say that again. Everything. If it could be recycled, Henrietta Harris recycled it. I mean, my grandmother recycled. I think I shared this with you guys before. She recycled the cartons, the yellow and white cartons that the meat came in on. I mean, my God, from Zion. It, I mean, it wasn't that bad, Grandma. I mean, could somebody say salmonella? I, I just don't understand. You know, I, I, I mean, I ain't that bad, y'all. Like, I mean... I'll recycle, but I mean, come on, I'm not to that degree. But my, my, you know, when I was washing dishes, 
my mother's voice came to me about how I'm like my grandmother because it'll make y'all laugh. I was recycling and washing out some Ziploc gallon bags. Yes, I was. I was like, these bags are good. Okay. And they, you know, they ain't cheap. So in, in you go into the dishwater, right? Um, and here's the tea. None of my grandmother had, I can't even count how many grandchildren she had and she kept over the summer, but none of us ever got sick. You know, I don't recall my mother ever saying she got food poisoning. So, I mean, as nasty as it is to think that she recycled those meat, you know, carton uh, trays. You know, grandma's cleaning game was tight. I mean, her bleach game was tight. And this is just a sidebar. I know we're in the height of COVID-19 and the pandemic. And, you know, now it seems like everybody's pushing, you know, be super uh, hyper uh, sanitized. Um, I mean, hyper vigilant regarding, you know, hygiene and sanitizing things. Can I tell y'all, for those of us of the black persuasion, our bleach game has always been tight. I grew up, okay, putting bleach in dishwater. Hello, somebody. I grew up with my grandma pouring a cap of bleach in the bathtub. Hello, somebody. So bleach has always been in my household and has always been my friend. Okay. And so has vinegar. But that's a different podcast altogether. But, you know, so I was laughing to myself because I'm recycling these uh, gallons of Ziploc bags and of course I'm cleaning them in the bleach water and I'm like whatever like these are good and I can use them for something else and they are sanitized and they will dry and you know I'm talking to myself laughing like I ain't stunting nothing like this is gonna work for me okay and I begin to think about my grandmother the time she grew up and how she had to recycle everything you know she did what she could she had nine children and maybe five more that she took in and raised as her own so she learned how to be resourceful with what she had um, and to make the best of it and and I think that's really what I got from my grandmother Um, I don't like to throw stuff away now let me just say I am by no means a hoarder okay like um, I think I have a good balance. I mean, I will trash stuff in a heartbeat. But things that I think that are of value and of use, and I, I will preserve for another use, right? I, a hoarder just hold on to stuff with a plan to use it again and never pick it up. And just gain, get more and more and more with the idea of one day I'll use it. That's not me. I truly recycle. Like, I'll use it again immediately. You know, it, there's some use to it. And I get the use and value out of it before discarding it. So um, I'm truly a recycler. But I thought that was very interesting because today, you know, in 2020, and I think because I'm a mom and I've just seen so much happen that, I mean, I am more than aware of recycling, um, especially here in the South. You know, you have to recycle. But the thought of leaving Uh, my children and my legacy here in the earth and with no care regard to preserving it you know we never even thought about you know we got global warming we got all of these things that pose a threat to the earth but we did it right it's like this stuff didn't happen by itself we are totally guilty we as human beings are totally guilty we just took for granted 
what it was and that there'll be a limitless supply of water, limitless supply of clean air, limitless supply of earth. You know, we just never thought that, oh, we would get to the earth would get to her fill. Right. But um, today I'm really, really mindful of that. And I begin to think about, uh, of course, our creator and um, how he, uh, for lack of a better word, recycles our lives I think it's just so beautiful that I've just been in this whole space of nothing is wasted nothing in our life is wasted and I think that's a beautiful um, way of thinking about recycling if there's if there's something to be salvaged, even if you have, even if you make, even if it's waste like food that's no longer good or, you know, you've eaten off it, it can be compost. It can be something. But we are so blessed as a nation. We are so blessed as a people. We have no idea what it is to want, to lack. I mean, we think that we want, you know, we think that we don't have, but there's always some resource available, people available, restaurant. There's always somebody that have an over and abundance that will be able to share and bless and give to you. Um, and having said that, we don't know what it is a lot of times to not have clean water, to bathe and drink from the same water. We don't know what it is. I mean, I know Flint and there are other uh, places in the U.S. that are really challenged with water. Um, we, but for the most majority, we don't know what that's like, and it's illegal, and it's it's frowned upon, and it's inhumane, and it's. But some people live like that, live like that, where they have to drink water that's contaminated. But they know that waste from animals and waste from human beings are in that water. But their body is so calling for for um, hydration that they risk disease risk disease to just get uh to quench that thirst y'all and so it's it's amazing to me how uh, our father gave us an outline and gave us he didn't put recycling per se in the bible but here's a scripture i want to share with you too and i hope it blesses you because uh again nothing's wasted with god your life nothing's wasted nothing um, is of, of, of no value and of no consequence. Everything, every experience, every memory, every encounter can be used by God if we allow him to. So go with me to Jeremiah chapter 18, verse um, 1 through 6. And the Bible reads, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord... Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel. As it seemed good to the potter to do. And so I, I, in reading that scripture, I was like, wow, look at God, right? Look at God. He's giving us an example of a potter. 
which is which is God, a, a, an analogy of God, right? And then you have this piece of clay that's on the wheel. And in the hand of the potter, in the hand of the potter, which also can be life, it becomes spoiled. It becomes damaged. Something happens. It gets um, marred, tarnished. Um, it hasn't been developed the way the potter um, planned it to be, right? And sometimes we can be the potter as well. We have this idea, we can be the potter and the clay at sometimes. We have this idea as a potter that we're working and fashioning our children and sometimes even ourselves into be this particular image, right? For use by others. And then in the process of, you know, matriculating through college or the process of becoming an entrepreneur or the process of becoming a parent or a spouse, whatever the process is, along the way we get marred, we get spoiled. But what we do, we, we call it, we chuck it. We chuck it. We throw it away. We say it's of no value. Let me, let me get something fresh again and start all over. But what I love about God, he says, and the potter reworked it into another vessel. And here makes me think of the scripture that says there's treasure in these earthen vessels. We are the earthen vessels. There is treasure in us. That's why God, the potter, didn't throw it away. He just reworked it. He reworked us. That's recycling. Listen, there's damaged parts of our life, of our lives, whether it's our childhood, our marriage, work relationships, you know, careers, uh, friendships, health, financial things that have been spoiled. And the adversary, the devil, the enemy has lied to a soul to make us think that our lives are not worth living. So just chuck it. Just take your life. Just kill yourself. Everything, everyone will be better off if you're not here. Just end it for Christ's sake. You're spoiled. You're damaged goods. You've been messed over, mishandled, dropped so many times, touched so many times, violated so many times, abused so many times, knocked upside your head so many times, left for dead so many times, homeless so many times. Come on, misused so many times. So you know what? Instead of suffering the pain and being spoiled, again, chuck it. Just give up. Take the pills. End it all. But all the potter in his hands, he reworks us. He's recycling all the broken pieces and he begins to put us back together again. And sometimes we don't chuck it or end our own lives. We get off the wheel. Right, we voluntarily say, you know what, I'm done. It hurts too much. I'm gonna numb and self-medicate myself with this drinking, and I'm gonna anesthetize myself with drugs, and I'm just gonna, you know, forget life ever happened and just for a temporary moment lay down with somebody, anybody, everybody to make me feel worthy. I'm gonna do what I I'm gonna throw myself into my career, forsake everything, work myself into the grave, because if I have to be by myself another moment. 
and allow the thoughts of being spoiled overtake me. I can't take it. So you know what, God, I'm going to get off your wheel. I'm going to get out of your wheel. I'm going to leave this place called safety, leave this place called the wheel of life. Because you know what? Your hands, you know, you, we start blaming God and start saying, God, I was in your hands. And why did you let me get spoiled? And I was in your hands and you supposed to have loved me. And I was in your hands and I trusted you, God. And I'm saved and I gave you my life and you took my child. God, I trusted you. I gave you my life and you took my mother. God, I trusted you. How could you have let this happen to me? So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get out of your will. I'm going to leave you. I'm going to go to what I know that's comfortable, familiar, and I won't let myself be vulnerable again. But that's not the will or the plan of the father. See, God knew that everything that he created was good, but it was only man that he looked at and said, oh, you're very good, very good. We forget that we are in his hands. And the Bible says that no one can pluck us out of his hands. See, we think God's hands are like ours. Small, frail, withered. Sometimes they get too cold. cold. Sometimes arthritis sets in. Sometimes, you know, they get feeble. Sometimes we have deformities. Sometimes... They're blistered and they're callous. Sometimes they're too supple. They can't hold things. Come on. Sometimes they're uh, disjointed. And so we think God's hands are like ours. They get weary. But they're not. He has the whole world in his hands. Just think about that. If you can, try to get a picture of the hand and the hands of God. We can't. We, we try to, but we can't because our mind is so limited in understanding. And he's so wonderful and powerful and huge and vast that we can't even imagine holding everybody in his hand. But his hands are so powerful. His hands denote his power, his authority, his strength, his will, his command. Amen. The hand of the Lord is upon us. And he told the uh, Israel. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand. So are you in my hand. Just like the potter reworked you. I can rework and recycle every part of your life. But unlike the potter. When I put you back together again. Your value will be even greater. (laughs) Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Your value will be even greater. Because now you have a wealth of experience. 
Now you know it is to feel my hand, to cradle, to mold, to stretch you. And even though sometimes it hurts, guess what? If you stay on the wheel, you'll understand that the vessel I'm making you into is a fine-tuned vessel, a vessel that can be used for others, a vessel that will become an offering for others, a vessel, amen, that's not only for your use, but for my use. We don't know the plans that God has for us, but he does. We don't know the thoughts he has for us, but we do know they're good and not to give us evil, to do us harm and to give us expected in. We don't always know what the plans are, but we know they're good because God is good. So if God is good, his plans are good towards us, even though along the way, the things that happen to us may be bad. I'm sorry. Oh God, my heart bleeds for babies the most, children the most. I was on the train the other day on Marta coming from the airport And when I tell you my mind and my heart was so conflicted, there were some boys on the train and I, I mean, they couldn't be, I don't think they were even middle school age, middle school aged and they were black boys and they just began to run up and down the train and they began to play up and down the train and run up and down the uh, carts of the train shouting obscenities or and um, laughing and playing and at first glance it's like oh my god these children are vagrant they're acting you know disorderly and oh my god and then they begin to sit a ways across from me and I begin to look at their faces and I was like god they're babies these are babies where is their mama who is their daddy They were wearing pants, you know, and I mean, they were beyond sagging. The pants were so low, you saw all of their boxers. That let me know they weren't, those pants weren't even their size. So they were probably wearing somebody else's pants. And I began to think, maybe they live in a shelter or a home. And my heart began to break because at the end of the day, they're babies. They haven't had love. They haven't had protection. Jesus. They haven't had the care. So yeah, they're running loose through the trains and not understanding that they're making a spectacle of themselves. Yeah, they're talking out of term and broken English and people looking at them and frowning at them. Yeah, they didn't understand that they were uh, the object of people's disdain, but God. Begin to minister unto me and say, I love them just the same. And I just need people to love these babies, not use them for a check, not frown and look down on them. And I just began to say, God, what can I do? What can I do? Because this can't be, because in this day, of civil unrest and racism and hatred, give them a few more years. Or Caucasian police officer will take their life without a second thought. And I think I was more broken because I didn't know what to do. 
as a mother, I wanted to go and embrace them and say, where's your mom? Where, where do you live? Like, I just, I didn't know what to do. But I did know, I did know that at the end of the day, that they were still God's children. And just like we are on the wheel of the potter's wheel, so are their lives. And we don't know what they will be. We don't know what politician can arise from their lives. We don't know what judge. We don't know what president. We don't know. We always think the worst, but we don't know out of those group of little children how God can recycle their lives for his glorious use. And so today I just want to encourage you when the enemy's lie seems louder than God's truth, your life is worth living. Nothing is wasted. Everything can be reworked. I don't care how spoiled you feel, how useless you feel. God, the master potter, can put you back together again. You who are broken, stop by. You who need mending, Stop by the potter's house. Give him the fragments of your broken life, my friend. Because the potter wants to put you back together again. This is Lady T. Until next time, be blessed and be well.